Um, I've definitely thought about it, like, just, like, what if I actually did make the team? That'd be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's insane and crazy to think about. Hey guys, welcome to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bueller, alongside my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Hey guys. We're very excited for today's episode. We're finally going to discuss the age limit situation in regards to the Tokyo Olympics. We feel like every year there's always a few juniors who are arguably good enough to be in contention for the Olympics, but then they just miss the age cutoff. And this year we feel like Connor McLean and Sky Blakely could have been just that. However, in a crazy and unexpected turn of events, they're both now eligible for the Tokyo Olympics. So today, they're both here to discuss their plans moving forward, and we also weigh in and share our thoughts on why we think the right decision was made. We hope you enjoy the episode. So we have some maybe unpopular thoughts on the whole who should be able to compete in 2021 debate. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of maybe slightly excited about this because I feel like we usually have, our our views and our opinions usually align with what everyone else in the gym turned out is like saying and thinking for the most part. We usually don't have like a controversial opinion in any way. But I guess this time we do. Yeah, this time we decided to be controversial. I mean, no, not really. We didn't decide it. I think it's just how we it's feel. how we feel, yeah. <laughs> but before we get into our thoughts, I just wanted to start by putting the details out there because a lot has happened in the last couple weeks. So this is basically, if you live under a rock and you haven't heard, this is what's going on. So on April 9th, the FIG announced that gymnasts born in 2005 would now be eligible to compete in the Tokyo Olympics, which are now scheduled for July 23rd, 2021. However, there was a bit of a dilemma because the FIG's technical regulations state that in order for a gymnast to compete at the Olympics or any major senior international competition, that they must turn 16 sometime within that year. The problem is, is that creates kind of a conflict with the Olympic qualifying rules for the squad that state that gymnasts must be born on or before December 31st, 2004. So the difference between the two rules is that the Olympic qualifying rules list a specific date rather than an age that would make the 2005 kids ineligible. So now with the Olympics being moved to 2021, that creates a problem because the FIG technical rules would allow the 2005 kids to compete because they'll technically be 16, but the Olympic qualifying rules would not allow them to compete since they were born after December 31st, 2004. So those documents kind of contradict each other and one had to be amended or adjusted in order to avoid a potential lawsuit because that's what they're being faced with now. The gymnasts that are born in 2005 could potentially file a lawsuit saying that they were unfairly kept from competing at the Olympics or even at the trials to have a shot at making the Olympic team. So to avoid that, in the end, the FIG's technical regulations were the ones that got kept as is, meaning that if you are 16 in the year of the games that you can compete, and the Olympic qualifying rules were the ones that ended up getting changed to reflect that as well. So now, enter Connor McLean, Sky Blakely, Sydney Barrows, Victoria Listenova from Russia. They're the ones that have now entered the conversation because of this rule change. How do we feel about this? 
Well, I think the main argument that we're seeing is that it's not fair for somebody who wasn't originally eligible to come in and take a spot from somebody who has been eligible the whole quad and who is also training for it the whole quad. Another argument that I'm seeing is that it's not fair to the 2005 kids who compete for a country who didn't have a team qualify. So like Brazil, Romania, Australia, countries like that. They don't have a team that qualified to the Olympics. So these gymnasts who are just now becoming eligible haven't had a chance to compete in any of the qualifiers mm -hmm. for one of these spots, um, for like an individual spot for their country. So the argument is that this rule would only benefit the 2005 girls from some of the bigger teams like the United States. Mm -hmm. um, I think some people see it as you know, someone benefiting from an unfortunate, unavoidable situation. Which I get it. Yeah, but I mean, let's be real. It sucks for a lot of people in a lot of ways, which we'll get into that more in a moment. But I don't necessarily see it as someone benefiting. I just see it as, you know, this terrible, unexpected thing that happened. And now because of it, some changes have to be made in order to avoid lawsuits. Right. Um, I mean, that's really what it boils down to from an FIG standpoint. I also want to mention that... The purpose of the age eligibility rules um, and why I guess they were created in the first place, you know, whether you think it's stupid or not, the rules are in place to protect the younger athletes from being pushed too hard too soon. That's really the point. We personally believe that age shouldn't matter. You can be tremendous at any age. Yeah, I mean, just look at Dominique Mosciano, for example. She was 14 when she went to the 1996 Olympics and, you know, helped the team win gold, the first gold for the United States. So right. I think that goes to show you that athletes that are younger are capable of competing at that level. Yeah, and I mean, I understand it from, a, like, putting too much pressure on a young kid standpoint, but... I also think that a lot of the time these kids are capable of competing at a high level. I mean, they do it all the time anyway. Yeah, definitely skill-wise. I mean, we see all the time throughout the years we've seen junior gymnasts almost having to hold back on some of the skills they're capable of doing because they want to pace themselves to be able to last and make it to the Olympics. Right. I mean, you look at gymnasts like Caitlin Ohashi, Bailey Key, Rebecca Bross. Yeah, like Caitlin Ohashi. Think of Caitlin on beam as a junior in 2012. She was phenomenal. I think 2012 was kind of like Caitlin's peak. Imagine if she was eligible for the 2012 Olympics. And don't get me wrong, I think that the the team that was selected was a great team. And I'm not necessarily saying that like she should have made the team over someone else, but I think she could have been in that conversation for sure. Caitlin Ohashi totally could have went to the Olympics and got a medal on balance beam. Right. And so whether she was 16 or not, like that girl was competing under a lot of pressure, doing really crazy skills. Like she was already competing at that level anyways. Right. So it's like, if you're eligible for the Olympics, then, like, why not? Yeah, and that's exactly why I don't like the age rule to begin with. I personally think that any elite gymnast should have the chance to compete, at least to compete in trials to attempt to make the Olympic team. And I think it should be up to the parents, um, the gymnasts, they should have a say in it, obviously, too, and then their coaches. I think it's a, a collective effort to decide if this particular gymnast is ready physically, mentally, or if they want to wait four more years. You know, I think that's a choice that should be left up to those people, not just... Uh, I don't know, the higher-ups, I guess, that just want to place a rule on it. I don't think you can cap the potential with some of these younger athletes. Right. I mean, anyways, I guess the the age rule is still a thing. Um, and I'm not necessarily 
trying to argue that it shouldn't be a thing. Like, I do understand the point of it. But it is strictly there to protect the younger athletes, not necessarily to lessen the pool of contenders or... Um, as much as I hate to say it, you know, protect your favorite gymnast from feeling threatened or feeling more pressure mm -hmm. on their Olympic spot. Yeah. Um, that's not the point of the age rule. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that that argument should be used against any of the 2005 kids because by the time this Olympics rolls around in 2021, they'll be 16 anyways. Right. So, so it's like they're 16. So like, what's the problem? Yeah. And it's like, yes, they may not have been 16 if the Olympics were held this year in 2020, but 2021 it's they're 16 like mm -hmm. it's, that's fair and square they're, right. they're 16 now so going with those rules yeah. they should be allowed to compete in my opinion yeah <laughs> and i'd also like to point out too that at least in the case for connor mclean and skype Blakely, they only missed the original cutoff for tokyo by like a month right um, so it's like they're like just they were just missing the deadline yeah. anyways like let's not act like they aren't gonna be able to handle this physically emotionally mm-hmm you know, like they were ready, they were ready to turn seniors basically right away. So right. Connor was born February first, and Sky was born February fourth. So yeah, just a little bit over a month shy of being eligible to compete in twenty twenty. Anyways, so um, not that that really makes a difference in the argument of why they should be eligible or not, but I just I always felt that like low key it kind of sucked when you missed the cutoff by like just such barely. a short period. Yeah, it's like you're so good now and. You're not able to go because you're you were born a month too late, right? Basically, and so. granted, I think you know in the case of Connor and Sky, and honestly, I'm assuming all of these girls, they weren't planning on going to the Olympics, so they weren't necessarily pacing themselves for this. So I do think that they have uh, an intense year of training ahead of oh, them. Oh yeah, I think but they they're have, fully capable of. They that. have they have their work cut out for them. I think it's not going to be you know a piece of cake. It's, right. They're not just going to waltz down to the team. No, I yeah, definitely. I don't think that's. I don't think they're being given a spot in any way. They're given the opportunity due to unfortunate circumstances, but it is know, what it is. That's not really in anyone's control. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I'd also like to say, kind of on that note, that. Everybody who was eligible before is still eligible now. Um, nobody is taking away anyone's chance of trying for a spot on the Olympic team. Yeah, there might be more competition, but I don't know. Isn't that like kind of the nature of sports anyways? Like, don't Isn't it all about having competition and having to be the best when it matters most? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, regardless of what your competition looks like, I feel like you have to be able to... Do the work, show up, improve yourself, mm -hmm. and if you can Earn do your that, spot. yeah, and if you do that, then I think that you deserve to go. I also uh, read an interview with Grace McCallum that was done with Inside Gymnastics. It's on their website if you want to see it. And she said she knows that she's going to have to work a lot harder now, knowing that there's more competition. But she said that she's not afraid of the hard work. And I, I kind of like that coming from somebody who has been on the last two world championship teams. And she's very much in contention for a spot on the Olympic team. So for her to have that attitude, I don't know, I, I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. That's a good outlook, I think, to have. Yeah, and I think another point is that, you know, everybody's going to get an extra year to train. Mm -hmm. So, or at least we hope, but hopefully this is over soon. Right, I mean, I guess actually... we are kind of in a place where we don't know when a lot of these girls are going to go back to training, but I would like to think, and I really hope, that, you know, the Olympics are still going to be held in 2021, and that a lot of these girls will still have a year or close to a year mm -hmm. to train and, you know, work on their execution, add difficulty. Like, that's an advantage that everybody around the world is going to get. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I think like we kind of already said that I don't think that the the new kids, I guess you could say, are just going to show up and make the team out of nowhere. I think that everyone kind of has to work hard and put in the work here to make the team. And they all have an equal shot now is kind of how I like to think about it. I guess I just want to make it clear that I do understand all sides of the argument. Like, I do understand from the perspective of a gymnast or, you know, a family member of one of the gymnasts that, you know, it's not fun to to think that you, not, not I don't think anyone thought that they had a spot, but to think that, like, you had a better chance of making the team and now some young kid might come in and, like, threaten that spot. Like, I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I get how that could be intimidating. I get how that could be unfair feeling. Yeah, because it kind of feels like your chances of making the team just got a little bit harder. Right. But I guess overall, the feeling that we have is that the best of the best should compete at the Olympics, or at least, you know, have a chance to try for the Olympics, and may the best man win, I mean. Yeah, (laughs) all these girls have been working hard, all quad, regardless of what year their end game was. You know, whether they were aiming for 2020 or 2024, they've all been competing at the elite level for the most part. I mean, Connor became an elite in 2017, and Sky became an elite in 2018, if I'm correct. So, I mean, for the most part, they've been elites this whole quad, and they've been, you know, working just as hard in the gym as everyone else, too. So, and another point I think worth mentioning is that no matter what was decided here, in the end, I think this process was never going to turn out 100% fair to everyone. It's just not possible. Um, since nobody could have predicted this happening, there was never rules or guidelines in place for events like this, you know, to outline what would happen if the Olympics were to be postponed. I think that nobody just, no one expected this to ever happen. Right. No one planned for that. Right. So, like, we never talked about it. We never made rules. And now here we are. And no one knows what to do. It's kind of like a uncharted territory that the FIG and IRC are having to navigate right now. And, um, you know, they're having to make these decisions that I feel like are never going to be 100% fair or ideal for everybody involved. When you have so many people involved. So many people, so many uh, ages, people from all around the world, different backgrounds. Like, the, yeah, there's just no way that this was going to work out fairly for everyone. Yeah. There's just no way. Yep. And I feel like there are a lot of ways that you could potentially look at this situation and think that oh, that's not fair, this wasn't fair. You know what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of ways you could look back on this and think it wasn't fair. Um, The first one that comes to my mind is that there are some girls that are training right now. A lot aren't, for the most part. I think uh, most gyms are shut down, um, and there's majority of the gymnasts are having to do workouts and stuff at home. But for those that are training, you know, how is that fair? It's not. How is that fair to the girls who aren't? Right. Yeah. And there's girls that are ready right now, but because of all this, they might now have to delay college plans or maybe push through injuries or aches and pains that they were dealing with. And I also, I kind of hate to say it, but it's gymnastics and we all know there's a risk for injury always. And I feel like there is a possibility that there's going to be girls that get injured before 2021 comes around. And in hindsight, it might suck because that person could look back and think, I would have been fine if the Olympics didn't get postponed. You know, if the Olympics were in 2020, I could have been there. Right. You know, they they might think that. And it's true, you know. It sucks, but, <laughs> um, you know, is it fair that the Olympics got delayed? Well, no, but... You know, you can't control that. It's it's a pandemic, and the whole world is being affected by this. And at this point, it's reality. It's nobody's fault. 
But we have to accept that not everything is going to work out or happen the way we want it to sometimes. And I think that's kind of one of the key things that people aren't thinking of, maybe. They just don't think... They want everything to just turn out perfectly, you know? Well, that or they just want it to work out for the people that they want it to work out for. (laughs) Um, And another thing that I think is interesting is what about those that were injured in 2020... And their chances were over, like Asuka Terimoto, for example. Or, like, Courtney McGregor. Yeah, like, they were injured, and their injuries were severe enough to where we knew they were not going to be ready for the Olympics. It was over for them. And, you know, looking back, you know, they they might now have the opportunity to go to the Olympics again. I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. But there's more time for them to get prepared and to get healthy and to go. Mm-hmm. And... You know, they could be taking a spot from somebody else. Not that... so much Courtney McGregor, I don't think, because no. they don't have a team. No, but... I'm, I'm more referring to, you know, Asuka for Japan, because they have a team. Um, you know, there was somebody out there that was going to get a spot on the team, because she probably would have made it if she was healthy. And now that, she's, that she wasn't going to be healthy in 2020, um, there's somebody out there that would have made the team because of her being injured. But now that she's back in the mix, it's like... Yeah. Is, that, is that fair to the girl that was going to make the team? Right. There, I mean, who, who knows who that girl would have been, but, like, there's probably a couple girls on the national team that kind of got it in their head that, like, okay, like, you know. I can fight for the spot. Yeah, like, there, the door kind of opened, and it, it's an unfortunate event that, you know, made the door open, but the door did open. And I don't know, I just think it's interesting that in hindsight, you know, you could look back and think that, like, that kind of sucked, you know. There's someone that could have made the team in 2020, but now that it got postponed, they won't make the team because Asuka Terimoto was back. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting thought, I guess. Yeah. And my last point is, my, my very last point, I feel like we've had a lot of points Yeah, here. we really do. This is a really, like, lengthy episode <laughs> it's gonna be, I feel like. Um, but I think the 2005 kids, uh, they will legitimately be seniors by 2021, that's a fact, and... I don't know, I just don't feel that they should be forced to miss out on a major competition that they are technically eligible for. Um, if you're going off of the FIG technical rules, which again state that you had to be 16 the year of the Olympics, um, it doesn't list a specific birthday or anything like that, just that you had to be 16. You know, is it really is it really fair to tell them that they can't compete? Right. Um, and I think under normal circumstances, obviously we would never have to worry about this, but I think we can all agree that any things are anything but normal right now. And the reality is that the Olympics are going to be in 2021 now, and the FIG rules allow them to compete because they will be 16 at that point in time. So I guess my point is this could turn out to be unfair for a lot of people in a lot of different ways, depending on how you look at it. I think that the the big problem is that this is an unpredictable event, and all around the world people are dealing with this. And a lot of things are happening that don't seem fair. You know, there's people that are losing loved ones. People are not able to walk at their graduation ceremonies. College athletes are having their careers end early. None of that is fair, but it goes to show you that this is affecting everyone around the world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, let's be real, sometimes life does suck. Sometimes life's not fair. And it's it's harsh to say that. I think it's hard for people to accept that sometimes. Yeah. Um... But nothing about a pandemic of this magnitude um, could actually turn out to be fair, right? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I think that the unfair card could be played in a lot of ways. Um, the good news is it'll probably never happen again. At least we hope. Fingers crossed. Right. Um, but for now, like I said, it's, you know, it's reality and it's going to have to be navigated one way or the other. Mm-hmm. We kind of touched on this earlier, but... 
you know, I don't think this is going to shake things up for a lot of countries, really, except for the USA, since, you know, we have such a great team with so much depth, so many juniors that are now eligible. Right. Um, and, we so qu- we, and we qualify the team to the Olympics, so those girls can step Fight in. for a spot, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also Victoria Lisanova from Russia, who I think you mentioned earlier. Um, she won three gold medals and a silver from Junior Worlds last year. I think she could be an asset to the Russian team. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, who we were going to see in Tokyo is still likely going to be the girls who make the team. I don't think that the 2005 kids coming into the mix suddenly is really going to shake up that many Olympic teams. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to like you know, suddenly show up and, like, take over the Olympics. No. I think that realistically, if we're being honest, I think that maybe one or two of the 2005 kids will maybe end up being at the Olympics. From all countries. Yeah, Not even just from the United States. Like, that can mean... I think Victoria Lisanova will probably make Russia's team. Like, I could totally see that. And I think there might be one spot, possibly, that could be up for grabs between, like, Sky, Connor... Um, Sydney. Sydney, yeah, they're the main ones. I think I don't. I don't know if there's any other USA girls. They're the national team members for sure that are eligible. So mm-hmm. they're kind of the ones that people are talking about. But um, I don't know. I guess. Anyways, those are our thoughts on that. Um, and before we get to our interview with Connor and Sky, we just want it to be known that we have a lot of empathy for those who are being affected by any of this craziness that has been happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's gymnasts out there whose bodies have to hold out for longer than they expected um there were girls who were mentally and physically ready to be done with gymnastics aka simone (laughs) um that now they have to hold on for another year and i think not only physically but mentally it's challenging that can be really hard and i do empathize with that like it's hard to have to stay positive for a whole another year and Mm -hmm. stay in the game mentally for a whole another year yeah it's a lot to adjust to i think yeah it's a difficult situation but i don't know we just wanted to say that we're, we're thinking about all the athletes that are going through this difficult time, and uh, I think we're all going to get through it. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just the athletes, too. I think we're we're thinking of everyone during this time, and yeah. we hope all of you that are listening are well. We hope you're healthy. We hope your family's healthy. Um, and Making the most out of your time in this quarantine. Exactly. <laughs> it sucks, but... Yeah. Um, we'll get through it together. All right. That's enough of us rambling. Let's get into our interview with Skype Blakely. Sky, if you're not aware, won two gold medals, three silver, and a bronze at the Gymnics International Meet earlier this year, and she was also a member of the 2019 Junior Worlds team, the very first ever, and they won bronze. Uh, we hope you enjoy our interview with Sky. So, how are you doing? It's kind of a crazy time in the world right now. How have things been for you the last few weeks? I'm actually pretty good. I've been working, trying to keep my body in like the right shape and my mindset in the right place too. So it's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. So my understanding is that you're not training right now. Is that right? Yes, I'm not training right now. How long have you been out? Do you know? Um, almost a month. Okay. So I guess what has it been like for you as an elite gymnast in quarantine? Like what kind of workouts are you doing to stay in shape at home? Um, it's been kind of tough being out of the gym, but we have lots of equipment here, like a beam, mats, floor bars, and air track, and we have team Zoom calls twice a day where we do workouts with our coaches and our teammates, just keeping our bodies in shape. Mm-hmm. Making the most of what you got. Yes. 
Um, do you work out with your sister? I'm assuming. I yes, mean, I do. <laughs> so how do you guys motiv- motivate each other when you're at home training? Um, just kind of being next to each other that motivates us already. You have someone there doing the same thing as you. We cheer each other on while we're doing the exercises and stuff. We just keep each other going. Right. I mean, yeah, most people probably aren't lucky enough to have another elite gymnast in their home with them. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's cool. And I was curious, I'm not sure if you know this, but NBC is airing both the 2008 and 2004 Olympic all-around finals this week. Do you plan on watching? Because, I mean, obviously, Nasty and Carly came from the same gym as you, which is pretty special. So do you plan on watching? Yes, I do plan on watching. I think it's really exciting and a good experience to see and watch. Have you ever watched them before, like on YouTube? Yes, I have. <laughs> and your coach, Evgeny Marchenko, is obviously the coach of Carly Patterson when she won gold in 2004. Um, has he talked with you about that experience or shared any cool stories with you? Yes, he has. He talks a lot about her hard work and her mindset and what she did in the gym and how she worked so hard and for the goals that she achieved. And Sky, you competed uh, at the gym next meet in March right before all this kind of went down and things started to get crazy and things were getting canceled. Um, talk about that experience of competing at gym next and what you learned from it. Um, yes, it was a really good experience. It was my second year there on a, a national assignment. Um, it was really fun. I was excited. I was ready for, I knew what to expect. So I was really ready for the meet. I had a bunch of fun. I enjoyed being there and competing. What was uh, maybe a highlight if you had to pick one from the meet? Um, my highlight, I think, was the first competition day uh, winning all around. That was a really good feeling. It felt, it was really fun. I enjoyed myself that night. And then obviously in a kind of crazy turn of events, you're now eligible to compete in the Olympics next summer, which is kind of crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, has that become a goal for you now, or are you focusing more on your original plan of possibly Worlds in 2021 and then the Olympics in 2024? Um, I think uh, going to the Olympics is now a goal for next year. Uh, it's been a goal uh, for me for a while, but, you know, for 2024. So I think it's really cool that I get uh, this experience so early. So I think uh, I'm just going to incorporate this into my, my new list of goals and everything and working towards this. Yeah, that's definitely a really special opportunity for you. I mean, most people probably can't say in their lifetime that they tried for two Olympic teams really within a three-year span. So it's definitely a really unique and special opportunity for you. Yes, what was your reaction when you heard the news? I was kind of shocked at first. I like I never expected that to happen. So uh, I was like, didn't know what to think. But it's really, I was really happy and excited knowing that I could have a chance of going. So I was just really happy. Have you and Sloan talked about this at all? Because she was already eligible for this Olympics anyways, but now you are too. So have you guys talked about training now for the same goal and, you know, maybe hopefully going to Olympic trials and stuff together? Yes, a little bit. Yes, we've been talking about how um, it'd be really cool to go and how it's next year. And it's just crazy, everything that's been going on. And, mm-hmm. and can you share any upgrades that you'd like to add? I mean, obviously, I know everything's kind of up in the air right now with training being suspended. But what are some skills that you'd like to have? Um, I know I'm really working towards doing a double-double on floor. I think that's my main goal uh, for an upgrade next year. And the other things, I'm just trying to work on little uh, connections, just those small little bonus points that will help my D value go up overall. 
And then what about like a dream skill? Is there any skill out there that you've seen that you're kind of itching to try someday? I mean, not necessarily for next year, but just kind of a dream skill that you'd like to maybe do at some point in your gymnastics career? Uh, I think a dream skill for me would oh, uh, I really do want to try a two and a half. That's I've always wanted to do that and compete that. So I think that's a dream skill for me. Okay. Who is your inspiration in gymnastics? Who's someone that you've always looked up to? Um, since uh, Simone entered the spotlight, you know, she's always been a, a huge inspiration in me, like her power and how she handles things and how good she is. So she's really cool to be around her too now. So I think she's my biggest inspiration. So have you had the chance to interact with her at all? Like at the national team camps and stuff like that? Just a little bit. I've talked to her a couple of times and it's just cool to watch her train and be in the same environment as me, you know, so I think that's just really amazing. Yeah. And uh, what about a piece of advice that you've been given? What kind of stuff do you look back on in difficult times? Like maybe right now, what are some things that you've told yourself that maybe you've learned from your coaches, uh, parents, your sister? Um, just to never give up, no matter what situation you're in. Just keep working, no matter what, and keep your mind in the right spot. Before we get into our interview with Connor, we just want to say a quick thanks to Sky for coming on the show. It was great having her. Um, I think it's really exciting that she's like fully committed to going to the Olympics in 2021 now. Um, I think that it's kind of cool that she's not afraid to admit that, especially being, you know, one of the younger ones. Mm -hmm. I think it shows a lot of confidence to be able to say, like, this is my goal now. Right. And I think that she, she still lacks a little bit of experience, but I don't think that's going to get in her way at all. Mm -hmm. I think that she's going to spend this next year working really hard, putting in some upgrades. I mean, she mentioned possibly doing a double-double, and I'm sure she has other things up her sleeve as well. Um... Yeah, I think she'll be right in the mix. Yeah, and I think that she's kind of an all-arounder. I don't think that we should say that she's, you know, a specialist, but she is really, really great on beam. Beautiful beam worker. Yeah. Um, she has wolf turns that are really nice. I know Which is surprising. <laughs> everyone hates wolf turns, but yeah. when they're done as well as she does them, um, I feel like you can't hate that. Right. And she also, I think this is a new upgrade that she did earlier this year. I think it was at the Volga Classic. Um, she does a front handspring front talk, which it's is similar to what beautiful. her sister does. Yeah, it's so nicely done. I yeah. absolutely love it. And, and stuff like that's unique. It makes her stand out because that's a combination that isn't done very often. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. But, yeah, so she's great on beam. She's also really great on bars. She has beautiful lines. She could use some upgrades, I think, to really, you know, solidify her spot or you know, keep herself in contention for the team. But mm -hmm. she's good all around, I feel like. And yeah. with some upgrades... You know, I think she'll be good to go. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for her. So next up, we have Connor McLean, who is a two-time junior national champion on beam. She finished second all-around at the national championships last year. And she also won gold with the team and on all four events at Gymnix this year. Casual. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Miss Connor McLean. start by talking about gym next last month because that might actually turn out to be the only time you compete this year I guess we'll see but um how did that meet go for you and did you meet the expectations that you set out for yourself um it went pretty well I wasn't like to my full potential and I haven't peaked yet because we weren't it was just like a practice like kind of meet for the rest of the season but it went pretty well and yeah I'm pretty happy with how I did. 
Okay. And do you have like a favorite part of the meet or just the experience in general? Um, actually, all the juniors, we had a great time and it was just probably one of the best meets I've been to because we had so much fun during the competition and in and out of the gym practicing. Uh, my favorite part was uh, probably event finals day. Mm-hmm. That was just really fun. And so obviously the big news that everyone in the gymnastics world is talking about right now is the FIG's decision to allow gymnasts who turn senior in 2021 the chance to compete at the Olympics or at least to try for the Olympics. <laughs> How did you find out about that news? Um, actually, I was sitting on my couch watching a movie and I got on Twitter for some reason. And I was scrolling through my Twitter and I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is true. And then like I tried to find like the whole article about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is true. And then I was like, I told my sister to get on Twitter and look. And then I told my parents. So has that changed your mindset at all? Like knowing in the back of your mind that now you're eligible? Um, My goal is still 2024, but Olympic trials is probably my goal next year. So your goal is to, like, prepare for worlds as usual and then Olympic trials and just kind of see from there? What yes. Happens? Yes. Okay. Um, and then I have to ask because, you know, we always hear gymnasts say that they dream about going to the Olympics and even if it's like just like a daydream kind of thing. So I was curious if you found yourself dreaming or thinking about yourself in 2021 now that it's like actually a possibility for you. Um, I've definitely thought about it. Like, just like, what if I actually did make the team? That'd be a once in a lifetime experience it's insane and crazy to think about do you have any upgrades that you want to add for your senior debut um yes I do but they're secret (laughs) okay (laughs) so can I ask you what about dream skills like is there anything that you've seen someone do before that you're like I have to try that um I really want to learn in Abieva on bars Ooh, that would be cool yeah (laughs) um another thing I want to ask you is if you have any desires to do college gymnastics someday, I know right now you have a lot going on, but have you given any thought to maybe doing college gymnastics in the future? Yes, I have. And like, I just want to see how my goal right now goes. And if I want to do college gymnastics, I will think about it later. Okay. Uh, Do you follow college gymnastics at all? Yes, I do. What teams do you like watching the most? Um, I like all the big teams a lot. And, like, UCLA, UCLA is really fun to watch. And then I watch LSU, Florida. And I actually really like Michigan. Oh, do you? Yeah. That's our favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go blue. <laughs> um, so I'm actually curious, who did you idolize growing up? Was there anyone that you really followed or you watched online at all? Um, I really liked Allie Raisman and Sean Johnson. Have you met them before? I've met Allie before. Okay, nice. Did you have any, like, fun stories from meeting Allie? Um, like, how did you meet her? Just do training at South Uh, I was at a gymnastics meet in Vegas, and we were training at the same gym, and we saw her in the parking lot. <laughs> nice. And what about any of the girls on the current national team? Is there anyone, you know, there that you're really close with? Um. I'm close with a lot of girls on the national team, 
especially, uh, actually pretty much everyone mostly. And I look up to all of them. They're really just amazing. That's good. (laughs) And for the past few years, you've been a junior with a lot of eyes on you. I was wondering, how do you handle all that pressure, especially as you head into the senior ranks next year? Um, I don't really think about it. I just really try to focus on myself and not try to think about what everyone else is thinking about me, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what kind of advice do you get from your support system? So either from your coaches, your family, your friends, what kind of stuff do they tell you to help motivate you and keep you on track with some of your goals? Um, really just be me and do me. Thank you so much to Connor for taking the time to talk with us. We really appreciate it. And we are so, so excited to see everything that you're going to accomplish in the future. Yeah, not just, not just this next year, but I think in the next few years, um, there's a lot of potential for her to do big things. And I just want to say real quickly, one part of the interview that really stood out to me was she said that she likes the University of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the only thing me and you took away from this interview. If you guys don't know, me and Brittany are like really big Michigan fans. I mean, you could say that we're like the biggest fans of that gymnastics team. So that was kind of cool because I wasn't expecting her to say that. She started to say UCLA and LSU, Florida, like the big teams that most of the big elites commit to but then she threw out Michigan and I was like oh okay (laughs) that was kind of a nice surprise yeah it was but either way I think that she's the kind of gymnast that she's so talented that who knows she would not even end up going to college because Mm -hmm. you know she could possibly have a chance at two Olympic teams and go pro someday and I think that's why I think she has a lot of Pressure. I don't want pressure on herself, maybe some expectations from other people, gymnastics fans. It sounds like she wants to just take it day by day, year by year. Yeah. She doesn't want to put any ideas into people's heads. Which, yeah, absolutely. That's smart of her. Right. To be no, honest, yeah. because, yeah, I think that people are, people are going to put pressure on her regardless, because she's super talented, and she's a really well-balanced gymnast. Mm-hmm. Um, she's capable of being one of the best yeah so I remember the first time I saw her and I think I knew right off the bat that she was special I knew that she had potential to do big things and yeah I think it's exciting just to see how she's gonna do this year she said her goal is the world not this year 2021 she said her goal is the world championships and trials and then just kind of seeing where that takes her I think that's a good goal for her yeah because I think either way whether it's the olympics or world championships she has the potential to bring home medals at one of those events yes and you know I think that no matter what's in her future, I see good things happening. Yeah. She's a really talented kid, and I think USA Gymnastics is lucky to have, like you said, such a well-balanced junior. It's hard to find her weak spot, to yeah. be honest. Like, I tried, and I'm like, she, what is her weak event? I don't know. I mean, in my eyes, I kind of think of her as, like, a beam queen. She's really good at Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> but, I mean, she's good all around. Like, yeah. I don't think, like you said, I don't think she has a weak spot. So, it's always exciting when you have juniors like that Mm so i mean i still think she's gonna have her work cut out for her Mm -hmm. next year she has a a long year of training ahead with upgrading getting consistency but she'll be right up in there i think so it'll be fun to watch we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and we wanted to say a big thank you again to connor and sky for taking time out of their days to talk with us if you guys aren't already following us on Twitter and Instagram, make sure you do so. We are at All Things Gym Pod. And you may have noticed that we're now on a few more platforms than we were originally, including Apple Podcasts, which we're actually really excited about. 
So make sure you guys subscribe and please give us a rating on whatever platform you listen on. We would really appreciate it. And we hope you guys are staying safe. We hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you next Monday. Bye. Bye.